Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. And on today's show, I'm going to share more about my journey of becoming a nurse practitioner. And dare I say, even share some of the regrets that I have of going back to school to become a nurse practitioner. Now, before all the nurse practitioners get pissed off at me, let me just explain, okay? Because we know that there's so many things that you can do in nursing. There's plenty of work to go around. I'm not shitting on the the title or the role. It's very, very important. And I actually, you know, I am a licensed family nurse practitioner in multiple states. However, let me just say this. I've been a nurse for over... 23 years at least I think that that was my last count I've worked primarily ICU critical care ER that's my jam but I've always floated around to other places because I like to stay on my toes I'm always like learning something new but for a good portion of my career I have been a clinical nurse specialist which is also an advanced practice nurse and I've gotten to do some of the coolest greatest things I've been a part of some great research projects. I've seen some of the most innovative medicine and surgeries in the world, having worked at some of the top hospitals in the United States, doing very innovative transplant surgeries, robotics, you know, working with devices before they even became FDA. So listen, I have had a tremendous career and I'm very proud of it. And I have excelled as a clinical nurse specialist. Now, I think one of the things about being a clinical nurse specialist, which I wasn't quite happy about in my role was that in all my infinite wisdom experience, you know, I could consult on a patient, know what the patient needs to do, what diagnostics, what medications, what therapy, like where we were going. I've taught residents how to run code blues. I've taught them ACLS, all of those things, and I've worked with them hand in hand and even, you know, made recommendations and suggestions. They're like, yeah, Alice, that, we'll order that, whatever you said, right? So as much knowledge and experience that I had and as empowered as I felt to say, you know, I believe this is what the patient needs. I did not have prescriptive authority here in the state of California. CNSs don't have that. Now we share some of the same core classes as nurse practitioners. But after the advanced pharmacology, anatomy and physiology, we deviate a little bit. But some of our core training and knowledge is the same. But when it comes to scope of practice, not all states allow clinical nurse specialists prescriptive authorities. Just don't happen. So I actually got frustrated. I was frustrated like a mug because And this is no shade to new people at all. I just want you to understand me with all of this experience and knowledge, knowing, knowing what the patient needs and feeling helpless because at the end of the day, I can't order that, 
right? I have to consult with another nurse practitioner or I have to consult with a physician or a PA to order something. And here I was, you know, seeing some of the new grads that I would orient and put through critical care training, you know, they would orient, get some experience and then go off to school, come back. And next thing I'm seeing them and they're nurse practitioners and they're putting in orders. And I'm just got quite honestly frustrated. I'm just like, Lord Jesus, did I train you? You still asking me questions? You don't know what the patient needs? You looking for your, your cheat sheet? Like, again, this is no shade, but I'm just trying to emphasize how frustrated I was that I didn't have prescriptive authority. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and become a nurse practitioner so I can do these things. Now, I'm not alone. And again, I love my nurse practitioners. And yes, I am still a nurse practitioner. I'm just frustrated with how my journey has been. Some of y'all other nurses have done the same too, right? I'm tired of bedside. I don't want to do all this direct patient care. You know, you get frustrated or overwhelmed and you're tired of the bedside. So you think that, well, I'm going to go to school and become a nurse practitioner. So I don't have to do this, whatever this is for you, right? And that has been some of the driving force as to why some of y'all became nurse practitioners. And then there's some of you who aren't even nurses yet, but say, I want to be a nurse practitioner and ever seen a nurse practitioner in practice and work with one and talk to one, but you know that you want to become a nurse practitioner because that is the buzzword. That's what we're hearing. That's what, you know, some of our, the future of a nursing report will say, we need more mid-level providers. We need more nurse practitioners with a growing number of people who need care and all that, which is true. So I think for all of these reasons, people are getting motivated to go back to school and become a nurse practitioner. Lord bless nurse practitioners. We need them. And for the most part, all nurse practitioners, well, for the all part, I should say, all nurse practitioners mean well. But I think there's some varying levels of training, experience, and knowledge uh, when it comes to our entry-level nurse practitioners. Like I myself, coming in with 23 years of experience, I was able to zip, zip, zip through a lot especially being a clinical nurse specialist compared to some of my counterparts who were maybe just graduated six months ago, couldn't find a job and they decided, oh, I'm gonna go back to school to become a nurse practitioner. And so their learning curve was a little, was different. I'll just say that. But where I'm going with this is I went to school. I did a post-master's to become a family nurse practitioner. I chose family nurse practitioner instead of acute care nurse practitioner because I had already worked in ICU and ER and I could see this side, the aftermath of what happens when people aren't able to take care of themselves. I wanted to get on the opposite end of that, to be on the preventative side, because I felt like I'd be able to help my patients ward those things off even better. So I decided to do family nurse practitioner. And besides, I've seen some of the acute care nurse practitioners work in the hospital. And listen, y'all earn every single dollar you make. And I didn't want any parts of that because I've already, I used to stay in the hospital long hours as a clinical nurse specialist, because we were salaried. And although you'll see different models for nurse practitioners, some may be salaried, some, you know, they got different things worked out depending on their groups or the hospitals or, you know, who they work for. But I just saw that acute care nurse practitioners were working long hours. And listen, it is not as cute as many of y'all think like, oh, I'm going to see the patient, I'm going to write some orders. And then that's it hands off, right? Because the bedside nurse is going to do all the rest of the stuff. Listen, Think long and hard before you decide you'd like to become a nurse practitioner or any type of advanced practice nurse. Or let me just say this, before you decide to go back to school, think long and hard about why you're going back to school. So some of the things that I recommend 
that people do is, you know, if you're feeling frustrated in your role, you're not quite happy, you're burnt out, step back, step back and take a look at what is it exactly in your role that's making you unhappy? Can you fix it? Can you change something about it? Is it about, is it just your perception of a particular problem? Like get a second opinion from someone, uh, someone who works with you and see if they're having the same issues. Kind of just like dissect it, assess. Like, why am I feeling some type of way about this? What is going on? Maybe you work on a unit that's always short staff and you're super burnt out. Well, maybe if you're able to work in a different environment or different unit or a specialty, maybe you won't have those same issues, right? Or maybe you feel frustrated because you feel like you're growing and you're not being able to utilize all your talents and your skills. Well, maybe that means that you should consider applying for uh, another job that has more responsibilities. Maybe you want to be a charge nurse. Maybe you want to be a preceptor. Maybe you want to apply for an educator or a assistant manager, manager position. Like maybe there's something that you need to do so you're not as frustrated. Because listen, we all get frustrated. We've all said this. I hate working for stupid people. No shade to the managers or directors or anyone like that in leadership. But I'm just saying we've all been there. We've all been there because we all think that we have better ideas and we know how to do it better, faster, more efficient. I'm just saying, if you're that person, consider stepping up and being the person and create, being the change that you'd like to see. And so look at that. Look at if you can change it, if you can't change it, or you've tried something and it didn't work. This is usually the time when people are like, I'm going back to school. Listen, it's very good to educate ourselves, become more informed, do some research. But before you go jumping into a program thinking, I just need to go to school, Think long and hard because that is a major investment. Think of the time you have to invest. First of all, think about the application, all the prerequisites and all the things you got to accomplish. That takes some time. That takes some money. Then you got to wait game. Then you get in the program. You got to do your financial aid package of papers. See how I'm going to pay for this school because school costs money. Then think of the time you're going to be in class and learning. Then you got to study. Then you got clinical hours. So think about all that time that you're going to be investing in your studies and you can't be with your family or you can't be at work working. So your money, you got to think about how these bills are going to get paid and think of the resources. So research shows that the longer you wait to go back to school, the more challenging studying is. Synapses do not fire as quickly as they do as when we were younger. So it's always easier. You know, they said, Oh, kids are like sponges. They absorb everything. Well, have you ever seen a sponge, like an old kitchen sponge that hasn't been used in a while and it's hard? I kind of think like that's my brain <laughs> waiting to go back to school. Not that I didn't learn, guys. I'm, I, I am a good quick learner, but I'm just saying it wasn't as easy for me. I had to learn how to study again. I'm like, how much do I write down and the short notes and highlight? I felt like I was highlighting everything. And I was like, Lord, what's important here? The whole page is, is highlighted yellow. And so like there's that piece and you know, considering we're in COVID right now, continued exposure to people who are unvaccinated. So, you know, there's there's a risk factor there. And it's just so much that you have to really, really consider before you go back to school. So one of the things about going back to school to become a nurse practitioner is there are some similarities as to when you did your undergrad to become a nurse. But let me tell you this, you are building on the knowledge that is expected for you to already know. So if you had some gaps in your learning from your undergrad, 
this is the time where we can't go back and review everything all over again. They're building on the knowledge that it's expected for us to already know. Just know that. So there's a lot of studying that needs to occur. You still have projects, you still have assignments, you got soap notes you gotta do for your clinical hours. Uh, you still have your written exams. You may have some simulation labs that you need to do. And then also in my nurse practitioner program, which we didn't necessarily have when I did my MP is we have these things called OSCEs, which are objective structured clinical examinations. So basically we had models come in and we had to perform a physical assessment on them and do a concurrent interview and make sure that we hit all of the important pieces to correctly identify a disease process, name enough differential diagnoses, and talk about what our plan was for the patient as well as to complete a note. So that was something that was a little stressful. And we had to do that basically almost every semester. And then there was always you know, these exams that we had to take to kind of readiness for when we would take our board exams. So got through my whole nurse practitioner program. It was very stressful because I have family and I was working and then life happens, right? So actually during my nurse practitioner program, my mother passed away. It was hard as hell. I actually really considered dropping the program because, you know, that's a lot to take on. You know, I didn't sit out a semester. I was able to pull through. I used her as motivation. But along the lines of wanting to drop out, I never told anyone I went back to school because every semester, legit, no lie, every semester I was like, I might drop out. And I didn't want anybody to know that I was dropping out of school. And not that I did, I didn't, but I didn't tell anyone I was going back to school because of that fear, because it was overwhelming and it was just a lot to go on. And I finished my program at the onset of COVID. So that was another added layer to it. But I got through the program, right? Like, whoosh, good. Got through the program. Now here's something else. So after you finish the program, in some states, you can apply to your state and become a nurse practitioner. And that's fine. Not everywhere does that. In most situations, they want you to take a board certification exam. So for family nurse practitioner, I took, we had a choice. It was either take it through AANP, which is the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, or through the American Nurses Credentialing Center, that's ANCC. But the way that this worked was, and this was so confusing, the school that I went to, we had to take this board certification first and then apply to the state. But the thing was, you had to wait for your transcript. You had to wait for everything to post. We're in COVID. So it took way longer for all this stuff to happen. Legit, I had to wait four months before I was eligible to take my boards because the transcripts and all that stuff had to be sent. And then I reviewed and I took my tests right, you know, less than a month after that. So, okay, boom, I've passed the board certification. Yes, but I'm not yet able to call myself a nurse practitioner yet until I'm licensed by the state, which was crazy, right? It's like, well, I took this, you know, this board certification to become a nurse practitioner. But what I needed to do is I then had to take that. And then I had to apply to the respective states that I applied to, to become a nurse practitioner. So they needed that. And then again, during COVID, it was taking, you know, forever in the state of California, California, please work on it, BRN please. Uh, other states were a lot faster. So I've, I'm actually licensed in other states. Okay, so that happens. 
I finally get my uh, license for the state here. I'm going to say use California because that's the one that took the longest and that's where I currently live. California. Okay, finally, I'm a board certified nurse practitioner. Now, mind you, I also had to apply for my prescriptive authority, which was additional monies. So it's also expensive. This licensure is expensive. And that doesn't even include like your DEA, the amount of money that that costs and like hidden expenses. I was like, wow, I didn't really know all this stuff when I started my program. I wish I would have done more research. But again, there was kind of this peer pressure to become a nurse practitioner. It's kind of the buzzword. You get caught up in the hype and you're dissatisfied at your job. You're just like, I'm just going to go for it. Punch it. Just go. And then as you're doing it, or as I did it, I was just like, oh, crap. I didn't know this. And I didn't know this. And it was just a really, really bumpy road for me. And then you get licensed. Again, I have over 23 something years of experience. I have taught some of the brightest I physicians and nurses. And I'm a new grad nurse practitioner. Do you know how hard it was to get a new job as a nurse practitioner, even in all my experience? And so... That was frustrating as well. And I I landed a nurse practitioner job and I was kind of like, this is it? This is what I'm doing? It just was did not pan out to be the job that I thought I wanted it to be. Now, mind you, when you're a new grad, which I was kind of new grad in a sense, you take the job that is offered to you. So for some of my colleagues, some of them got jobs in neuro offices they didn't want to work neuro. Some of them got jobs in GI. They didn't really want to work GI, but they just took whatever was readily available to them. And so I got my first nurse practitioner position in a special COVID program. So it was all brand new. So this was kind of making this up as we go, sort of say, or the company was, but it was a you know very integral time where we were seeing oversight of patients, COVID patients, COVID testing, you know, a lot going on there. And I'm just gonna leave it at that because I don't want to give away that employer, you know, reveal who they are. But anyways, it was so different from what I was used to in critical care and ICU that I was like, dang, my other job really wasn't that bad. I probably could have done something just a little bit different or just changed my environment. So all those things I talked about earlier that I didn't do. Now, mind you, what's done is done. It is what it is. So in current state, I am a board certified clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. Do I plan to utilize both of those roles? Absolutely, because I got the damn student loans to, to prove it, right? And so I am going to work this as much as I can and look for a way to find a fulfilling nurse practitioner role. Now I'm here in California. By the year 2023, we here in California will have, our nurse practitioners will have full practice authority. It's being rolled out in phases as of now. So I'm hopeful that I will be able to find a role and gain the experience that I need to really create the practice that I want to see and that I think would benefit for my patients. So it's kind of hard right now because I kind of have to get in where I fit in, but I really have some great innovative ideas of what I believe patient care should look like and the demographics that I think I can really, really help. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Finding your role and your space in which you can make the most positive impact. And that's really what nursing is about. Now, you know, I could do that as a nurse practitioner. I can do that as a clinical nurse specialist. I could do that as an RN. Like there's so many things that you can do in nursing 
But, you know, I started this podcast by saying that I regretted my decision going back to school to become a nurse practitioner. And again, it's no shade to the role. It's just, it was a hell of a bumpy experience. And I put myself through a lot of unnecessary stress, dilemma, drama, financial costs when I probably didn't need to had I had done better research at the top of it and really looked at my role and what I was frustrated in and trying to fix that. It's real easy to get swayed by the buzzwords, right? And everyone will say, oh, go get your doctor. Oh, become a nurse practitioner. And all that's good. And we need those things. Definitely. But it ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. And quite honestly, when I look at my role as a nurse practitioner and as a CNS, I think a lot of what I do is really still a CNS. It really is. As a clinical nurse specialist, it's just a way of thinking, process, structure, outcome. For those of you who are CNSs, you will get it. But there's just a way of thinking, a way that I approach problems and the way that I look at evidence and present it and apply it that was taught differently to me as a nurse practitioner. Uh, nurse practitioners, I believe, are more medical model. I hate when they say they're just like, it's the it's the doctor's version of a nurse. I hate I hate that example, but it's very medical modeled. And I think as a clinical nurse specialist, the way that I approach clinical issues and scenarios is a lot different. And the things that we do as CNSs, we really have three spheres of influence. We have the patient, the public, then there's nursing and staff, and then there is the organization, not just the facility or hospital that you work for or with, but also like the Joint Commission, CDC, FDA, and we kind of look at that as a sphere of influence in what we do. So I think I'm gonna do another episode where I talk more about my role as a clinical nurse specialist, because if I had to pick one, I am truly a clinical nurse specialist. I got the nurse practitioner, family nurse practitioner in my back pocket. I'm gonna utilize it. I'm gonna support my fellow nurse practitioners and all of those things. But at the end of the day, I thrive as a clinical nurse specialist. And that's also a role that's very innovative you don't have to do it in the hospital. You don't have to do it in a clinic. You literally can pick up anywhere, any environment and put on my clinical nurse specialist hat and identify problems, come up with a plan of action and execute to fix it. That's what we do. We're fixers. Yeah. So that's me. That was my journey through my nurse practitioner program. Um, again, I did a postmaster's FNP. Something else I wasn't quite, quite keen on is I also had to repeat some of my prerequisites that I had already done in my CNS program because it had been more than five years. And that's a fault. We got to figure something else out because we make nursing school and going back from our school a lot harder than we need to for our nurses. We got to find better ways to bridge our experience and expand and grow on that without having the student have to suffer and redo things that they've already done. Like I had to repeat the research class too. Y'all, I do research. I was like, I gave them a full blown resume of all of the research that I had participated in. And, you know, literally just as accomplished as almost the teacher herself. But she said, well, as a technicality, we have to do it like this. And I was just, I was appalled. I was just appalled at this education system. I was just like, really? Y'all gonna make me pay all this extra money for something that I could probably teach? But again, that probably contributed to this poor experience that I had going back for my postmasters. Yeah, frustrating as all get out. But guys, that was my experience. I don't want this to deter anyone who might be considering becoming a family nurse practitioner. By all means, I know some awesome, 
awesome, rock awesome nurse practitioners, and they are very much needed. And again, you know, I've seen them in the ER, I've seen them in ICU, I've seen them in clinics, they're in neuro, they're in GI, like all over the place. So what I would recommend to anyone who's considering going back to school to become a nurse practitioner, or even you're like, well, what else is there outside of nurse practitioner? Because that's what we talk a lot about, right? There is a clinical nurse specialist, which is what I am. Also, you can go back to school to become a nurse anesthetist. And then also, we have certified family midwives. You can do that. Like there's so many different things that you can do in the advanced practice role. There are four of them, guys. There's only four. You can go back for an advanced degree, but as far as being an advanced practice nurse, there's only four roles. Like I said, nurse practitioner, clinical nurse specialist, midwife, and nurse anesthetist. And then decide, is it something that you want to go back to school just to become an advanced advanced practice nurse? Or are you going back to school just to advance your degree? and your education. I'm not saying don't go for a doctorate, but I'm saying before you decide which doctoral program you want to do, really think about what makes you happy, what keeps you interested, like what makes your heart beat and do that. I think that's the most important thing that we can do as nurses, really find our jam and dance to that beat. It's when we get placed in other scenarios, other situations and have to do things that we don't necessarily like to do or thrive in doing, that's when we can get frustrated and start to kind of dislike or maybe even resent your job. I'll say this. I was a clinical nurse specialist at a hospital in Escondido. It was a cardiac step down. You know, I was a clinical nurse specialist, cardiac and neuro. So we got, we got some stroke there and had a little bit of ortho because ortho just really didn't have its place. And so we kind of just took that overflow. Then... We partnered with another major hospital system and they wanted to convert the unit to mostly ortho. (laughs) Imagine. Shout out to all the ortho nurses out there, but Nurse Alice is not one. You know, I can do some trauma and all that things, but those scheduled shoulder surgeries and knee surgeries, knee replacements, that's not my jam. That's somebody else's jam. Mine is cardiac, neuro, things about the heart, cardiovascular system, those type of things. I'm your girl, but the ortho, not me. So I say that to say, make sure that if you find yourself frustrated in your role, in your job, in your specialty, look around, think, what can I change here? What's happening? What makes me unhappy? And can I change that? You know, rediscover yourself in nursing. I've had to do that a couple of times. And believe me, it can be done. It's sometimes hard to do by ourselves. So make sure that you talk to someone, find a mentor, find someone in the specialty that you work in, who's maybe been around the block, who's, you know, a couple years senior to you either as a nurse or in that specialty and get their take on it. I think that's something that we don't do enough. You don't need to operate in silo. We are here to help you. I am here to help you. Nurse.org is here to help you. And by the way, Figs is here to help you because you know what? I have to share guys, whether I was in the nurse practitioner role or whether I was in the bedside nurse role or in the CNS role, I have to move. I need my scrubs to move with me. I need to feel comfortable and listen, Figs are so soft. And they're engineered like they're athletic apparel. I really feel like that. They're innovative, they're comfortable, and they're cute. Super, super duper cute. And besides, Figs is in the business of helping awesome humans who work in healthcare. And, you know, they want us to wear the scrubs that we deserve and that we feel good in and we look good in. So I'd like to offer you 15% off of your first order. So, and even if you're not someone who's working on the front lines, maybe you're a student or maybe you're a parent of someone who's, going to nursing school or things like that. I'm not even, maybe they're not even a nurse. Maybe they're going to respiratory therapy school. Anyways, someone who's wearing scrubs, you can say thank you to that awesome individual 
by buying them some scrubs and get 15% off at the checkout by using the code NURSEALICE. So head on over to wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter my code NURSEALICE at the checkout and get 15% off of your first purchase and get ready to love your scrubs. Guys, I'm Nurse Alice. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Until next time, be kind to one another, make good choices, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.